0: talking to some of the best names in contemporary christian music this is the hope fm artist interview and welcome to this episode of the artist Interview your podcast from hope fm i'm your host gordon t and it's my absolute honor to speak to stars around the world of contemporary christian music and this week i'm very very pleased to welcome to the first time to the show none other than chris cleveland from stars go dim before we meet him let's hear a track that many of you will recognise. It's heaven on earth. Take my life
1: and let it be. Set on fire for all the sea. Break me down, build me up again. Don't leave me the way I've been. Take my heart into your hands. Come and finish while you begin. Till I seek your kingdom first. Till I shine, shine like heaven on earth.
0: And that was Heaven on Earth by Stars Go Dim. Hey Chris, how you doing? hey i'm doing really well thanks for having me it's an absolute honor now we play your music uh, fairly regularly here uh, in the uk on hope fm but we don't really know you very much as a person we don't know much about the history of of the band uh do you want to share a little bit about your faith journey to start with have you have, tell us have you always been a christian or has it been one of those things where life has thrown a few curveballs we'd love to know
1: Yes, absolutely. And I have to say, if you guys are playing this much music, then I'm just coming to London. You know, what I mean, I got to get over there and see you guys. My wife was there last month because their best friend got married oh. in in London. So she had never been over, and uh, it's been oh gosh, like twelve or thirteen years since I've since I've been overseas now.
0: So I need to get back over there. You should. Well, just out of interest, whereabouts in London was a wedding, do you know? Some fancy hotel. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds nice. I hope she had a great time.
1: I think she, she really did. I was bummed. I had shows. That, you know, the whole world has been shut down, um, but we've been able to play music over the summer here. And so I was busy trying to make up for the last year and a half of no shows. So I couldn't make it over. So I was really uh, bummed out about it. But it was all good. But yeah, I, I love I love the question that you gave uh, there because I think the Christian life and kind of this journey does have like ups and downs and seasons and, and these times where uh, we think we've got it all figured out and then we realize we don't know anything and then we start over and, and, and keep going. And I've had plenty of those. So I grew up in... Um, in a Christian family, um, really. My parents are awesome, and they were singers and musicians. And uh, on both sides of my family, I had grandparents and aunts and uncles and things like that that sang or played. And so I had a great grandma that, uh, you know led worship in her church and until the week she passed away and wow what a heritage that's so cool i know and and my my dad's mom got me piano lessons at a young age and so i started playing piano for the church when i was 10 years old and uh and then my brother and i started traveling around doing like little worship things at revivals and things. I don't know if you guys have those over there, but here, you know, you go to like little country churches or whatever and and somebody preach and have music and that kind of thing. So yeah, at a young age, we were traveling around doing those kind of things. And it's almost like I just never stopped.
0: <laughs> it was in your blood right from the start by the sounds of things.
1: Yeah. And so we were kind of this family that um turned the lights on at the church and turned them off where the first one's in and last ones out. And my parents did kind of bivocational ministry, so they had jobs, um, but also, you know, were youth ministers or pastored uh, churches and that kind of stuff when we we're young, and so it was just, you know, uh, kind of drilled into me from an early age uh, that that's what we did, and and um, and and I had, you know, a really honest faith experience. You know, I I did all the things that kind of the. The typical evangelistic church in America does, you know. I, I said the prayer and and did the things that uh, that would make you a Christian, you know, at like five, and uh, got baptized when I was five years old, and um, you know. But what five-year-old knows what they're doing? <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, I had different stages of that where I kind of figured out what faith was for me, you know, in in different parts of life, and. And so, um, but I always really had this connection to God. And early on, we kind of had some interesting like family things and, and dynamics that were weird and, um, and some struggles uh, when I was kind of a teenager. And um, and I was always able to separate God from God. Um, from the people that love them, you know? And, and I think a lot of times people will um, get those two things mixed up. And so when life hits them hard or if there's a disappointment or um, let's say some sort of trauma, you know, in their life associated with people who believe, um, then they throw God out with it. And I was lucky enough to be able to separate those two for me and my story where I trusted God for who he was. Um, you know, at a really early age. And so that stuck with me for a really long time. And um, even in moments when I was like, I'm not sure about the church thing, or I'm not sure about, you know, some of these other things, I was always really sure about my relationship with God. As I got older, um, I think that just continued to evolve and, uh, and learn. You know, I think when I read in scriptures about like, working out your salvation i feel like now i'm I'm 36 and i feel like that's all i do and uh you know over the course of honestly the last six years or so for me faith-wise it's been a really big journey of um of unlearning and relearning and taking god out of the small box that that i had fashioned him into Um, which is like very American and very Western. and I think
0: we do this. One of the things that I've been learning as I've got older is that there's always more. And and you're right, you're totally right. It's so easy to say God fits in this little nice packet and uh, you you build your construct of who God is and try and limit him into those things. So that's really interesting, the, the relearning who God is as he reveals more of himself. As long as we're open to it, we can always learn more, can't we?
1: I think so. And I think what happens when we put him in that box is really we're creating God in our image. Uh, rather than uh, the reverse which is him creating us and his and that's easy right when we're young we tend to need something that's like concrete and definite and uh, do this don't do that um, this is right this is wrong and and those black and white things make sense and they're easy to digest and you know a lot of people don't want to dive in deeper and i understand that uh, as i've gotten older i've just I've become more curious um, about why I do and think and feel and, and all of the things and why you do and why we all do and how it all kind of connects together. And, and, you know, long, long story short on the faith side of it is it's led me to a much bigger God. It's led me to a place where I'm, I'm much more open about what I, what I believe and, and think. And uh, it's made me more interested and curious about, um, about the way of the kingdom and uh, how to actually live my life? It's made life more tangible. It's made these moments mean more, and uh, and so now I feel like with kids of my own, trying to teach them the same, you know, this this faith walk and and all of this. That those are the kind of things that I'm that I'm looking at. Like, who is Jesus, and what did he really teach, and how can I be more like him, and what is the design of all of this, and how can we you know, like have a fulfilled life here, and um, and make it mean something. It's it's a whole like exciting journey for me, and and I've had a lot of ups and downs in it, and and I feel like finally at thirty six, I'm beginning to understand what I don't know, which helps me understand uh, what I do love and know, and and so that's really exciting. In the midst of all that, I've you know I've started played music for now. And traveled for 26 years uh, on the road and, and gone all over the world and played and done different bands and different versions of it. So Stars Go Dem actually started as a mainstream pop band uh, in 2007. And so uh, I w- had always led worship in churches and grew up doing that and was actually a worship leader at one of the largest
0: congregations in the Methodist Church here in the United States. Now, just, just to help us, see, if you say Methodist Church in the UK, yeah. you know, it, it might be well, I don't know, you know, 100 people, something like that, maybe. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what, what would the largest Methodist congregation in the States be? Ooh, the largest. Well, the, one, the one you were at. We were 10,000 people. Ten, okay, 10,000. 10,000. Uh, yeah, that's quite a lot of people. I, I, that, I'm i thinking in the back of my head, there aren't going to be very many churches in the whole of the UK <laughs> that are as large as that. So yeah. so that's 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 a huge number to lead worship for. Yeah. What was it like? Uh, it was
1: good and crazy and, and you know, stressful and, awesome and bad and and all of it you know it was life um you know for me i really really loved the people uh at that church i really really loved um the mentorship that i got there i learned so much i grew up in a different background uh like in america there's something like 3,500 different denominations which tells you how much americans want to feel like they're right Um, (laughs) so, Oh, I don't agree with that. I'm going to go start my own, you know, uh, denomination. Uh, and so, uh, which is a whole other subject, but, um, so I grew up in a different kind of faith tradition and, and, um, and I loved, you know, some of the things that, that that church taught me and, and some of the, um, you know, I call them like elders of the church, like mentored into me. And I, It was a really great experience for me and a great place to grow in my faith. One of the things I really like about the Methodist church, specifically the one that I was at, was I was so used to these faith experiences that were really emotional. And we get that a lot in like our charismatic churches here, or even some of our more like reformed churches. Uh, They still run off of emotion. The Methodist church, there's no emotion to it. It's very, um, um, it's, very informed it's like you you go through the classes and you learn and you take in information and you make these informed decisions uh it's typically like the people um specifically even in the church we're at but i think probably methodists as whole. you can fact check me on this typically more educated uh like college educated or university educated people so they just come at faith from a little bit different angle um, which I which I really enjoyed so you weren't making these like rash emotional decisions but when you when you believed something you had some like substance to stand on and and I really enjoyed that and you know probably like what you guys have a little bit even more of um, uh, there is that there's like a faith tradition this this communion of saints that we when we do some of these things um, it's and I had to learn this cause I didn't grow up in it, but there's this great like connection when we say the Lord's prayer or when we say the apostles creed and, and, and some of these things like, Oh, like somebody a thousand years ago said this yeah. or, you, you know what I mean? There's, they, there's a cool connection to some of that. And so, yeah, I led a worship for, um, for that church for 10 years and, I did it kind of alongside Stars Go Dim. And so the first few years I was traveling around the world doing mainstream music with Stars Go Dim. But we would play, I mean, with some of the biggest artists in the world and had number one pop songs in other countries and and that kind of thing. Which
0: which countries? Which which ones did you get selling?
1: The Philippines and um, like some of uh, the more uh, uh, places like that. We were really big in the Philippines actually, maybe had three or four, I can't remember now, number one wow and um australia places like that um so kind of cool things that are like honestly didn't really affect our lives very much because they were so
0: far removed but it was like hey that's kind of cool to say it is cool i'm I, hats off to that I, I, i've never had a number one in the philippines <laughs> I, I would like to know which, which artists are you talking about oh goodness you're being yeah. modest not saying but i'd like to know
1: you kind of name them. We played with all kinds of people. Um, Elton John, Billy Joel, John Mayer, Justin Bieber, trying to think. We were kind of
0: all over the the map. Do you know what? Those are big names. They really genuinely <laughs> yeah. are big names, my friend. So, <laughs> But none of those names are bigger than the name of Jesus. Come on, baby. <laughs> the people at that time, they used to say, well, how, what is it like to play in both these
1: places? And I said, man, I'm just playing love songs in both places you know, some of them are just uh, directed in different ways. And um, in 2011 or 12, we kind of had a shift there in the band and we uh, just kind of stopped playing. And there were some issues that had come up, long story, but which kind of put the the mainstream thing on on pause and honestly kind of stopped it in its tracks altogether. And I kind of wondered if I was going to continue to do music or what I was going to do. I'd met my wife and and we started having a family, and uh, I was off the road for a couple of years and just leading worship at the church. And and then decided, you know, I'm, I've always been in this Christian space. I love this music. I've led worship my whole life. You know, I've I've been in it. Um, I wonder what's going on. In the Christian music world, and and so I came out to Nashville, Tennessee. I lived in a place called Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is right in the middle of the states. Like if you threw a dart and you hit the middle of the U.S., like that's about Oklahoma, and you know we're we're right in there. So there's like a musical called Oklahoma. You guys- there is.
0: I, I think lots of our listeners will have yeah. uh, will have seen that at some point.
1: So your your one reference point to
0: Oklahoma might be. That. <laughs> I'm afraid that is the yeah. only one. Cowboys and Indian. If you've ever heard of the Trail
1: of Tears. Uh, which is kind of when the U.S. government took all the Native Americans and kind of forced them out of their land. It was called the Trail of Tears when that they walked and they gave them these Indian territories, they called them. Um, the town I grew up in was called Owasso, which is Cherokee for end of the trail. So uh, there's a lot of um, like Native American uh history and that kind of stuff from where I'm from Um, most of us have some sort of ancestry that that you know dates back to that kind of thing and so it's really kind of interesting so cowboys and Indians Oklahoma that's where I'm from so yeah so I was like hey where what what is going on in Christian music let me go check this out and um, so we went and took a trip and And I eventually signed a record deal with uh, a label here in Nashville. Which label was that? At that point, it was um, a label called Word, which was uh, also Warner Brothers, uh, which is kind of a larger label. And then eventually we got sold to a guy named Mike Curb, who's a big, he does like country music and pop music and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, now I'm technically on Curb Records. So uh, I've been acquired a few times <laughs> over the years. So the first song I ever put out uh, kind of went crazy and it made life wild. And um, so I was working full-time at the church. I was touring eight months a year. My average uh, week would look like you know leaving on a Wednesday to go out on tour on a plane or a bus or in a car. And, and I would play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights. Then on Monday, I would get back in a car or on a plane or uh, in a bus and I would go back to Oklahoma and I would then get up on Tuesday mornings, go to church, put my bands to rehearsal and maybe see my family for 45 minutes a week. And I did that
0: week after week for three years. That sounds relentless. I've got, to, I just want to check this. Yeah. So h- how long, how long have you married right now?
1: We're about to, uh, we are about to celebrate our 10 year anniversary.
0: 10 years okay that's great news and and how old are your kids at this moment uh eight seven and five okay so when you were going out on the road how did you have kids at that moment yeah so uh
1: my wife was very much kind of a a single mom at home and uh so my two oldest were babies they were you know two three years old and she was pregnant when that started, so we had our third kind of in the midst of that, um, you know, five be five or six years ago, and so um, it was it was craziness, you know. And I knew that I couldn't keep it up; it was relentless, like you said. It was something that was like I felt God kind of like saying, mm, "Yeah, this isn't a great idea, bub," but um, I'm pretty stubborn. And to be honest, I, I like the money and the church was paying me really well. I was finally making good money on the road and um, and I felt like I was doing this ministry thing. But to be honest, I was, you know, um, losing everything kind of at the altar of, of all of that, whether it's ministry or my own greed or selfishness and and. And so uh, I joke about this kind of at our show. So I'm like, I don't know if, if the Lord ever speaks directly through any of you guys, through your spouse, like he does me. Um, but, but in reality, you know, my wife came to me and just said, Hey, this, and I knew it, but this isn't working anymore. And, um, and so there was this moment where I was like, okay, like I can either lose everything uh, that I have and love and, Say that I'm working for, or you know, I can get it together and, and fight for my for my family and and figure this ministry stuff out. So we knew we needed to be together, and uh, that was tough to do in Oklahoma. So I stepped out of that ministry at the church that I've been in for a decade and everything that came with it, um, our community and and our friends, and for me that the paycheck, which was which was tough and um we sold our home in four days and uh we wow that's a false sale i know i tell you what in my uh like for sale by owner we didn't even use a realtor but uh then we bought a house in franklin tennessee the house i'm in now uh and uh without seeing it and this this space this studio was just attic so it didn't exist uh at that point and we moved 10 hours away from our family and our friends and everything. And, and then I took six months off of work completely. And I'd never done that in my life. And I'm kind of, a, I'm an achiever. If you're a fan of the Enneagram or know anything about that, I'm a three, which means I'm a, I'm an achiever. I, I find value in, um, in like doing things and succeeding. So um, for me to not do anything was like a big hit And, uh, so this time was, it was good and it was bad and, um, and it was tough, but like God was like, he was teaching me how to be a dad and a husband again, and really blessing those situations. Um, but a couple months in, I just realized that I'd put every bit of my identity, everything that I thought was good and right and valuable about myself and who I was, uh, as a mega church worship leader, or, you know, the CCM artist traveling around the world. And when I wasn't doing that, I just honestly felt worthless, which then made me feel even worse because of how typical uh, that that seemed to me. It's like one, kind of my whole platform is letting people know that they have value and worth and identity, and that they're loved. Two, like how many of us have sacrificed our lives on the altar of ministry, um, you know? And uh, and so I really just had to come to. Um, come to grips with who I was. And it was, it was a hard time. It was, it was difficult, but, but the Lord just met me, uh, I think in, in a really incredible way and blessed our family, not in the sense of like money or stuff, but really like began to make us whole. It was, it was a, a really great time. And honestly, it was kind of like a little, you know, 2020, 20 pre 2020 and so when we hit a year like like 2020 when the world stopped and we all became um, unemployed and you know we kind of had to figure this stuff out it gave us a new perspective to be able to walk into that and say god it's not about what you're taking away but what have you created space for for me to um, to fill with something you know beautiful and so that's kind of how we live our day-to-day now and and god just continues to show up for us and continues to bless us and and make us whole and um, it's just kind of this beautiful journey that we're on
0: that is uh, quite an amazing story of laying everything down and uh, god opening things up can you tell me what's your wife's name mckinsey mckinsey i just want to now just say mckinsey i'm not wearing a hat but if i was wearing a hat hats off to you because i've got to say that sounds like a, a, an amazing journey to have gone on and uh and congratulations to both of you for uh, about to celebrate 10 years of marriage that is excellent news so um the next track we're going to play from you it's it's a new track from you it's called yes he does yeah. can you tell us the backstory to that please chris
1: absolutely so i've you know over the pandemic we didn't have much to do right so um, we all recorded a lot of songs and, uh, I probably could have put out four records worth of music, <laughs> you know, but this is the first song off of, off of that batch of music. And for me, it's, it's kind of a response to the last year and a half of life. I think, um, uh, when we get into these moments, we can get short-sighted and we can forget who God is. And, uh, even for me in 2017, I think it it was that story for me too. It's like, God, like, are you who I've believed you to be, um, my whole life? Are you, are you who you say you are? And do you still do the things that you've always done? And, um, you know, for me and my story, um, he just shows up every time and through his faithfulness he lets us know that yes he is who he's always been and yes he always he does what he's always done and that's really what this song is
0: about yes. Chris, thank you so much for all that you've shared from your heart so far, and for that beautiful track as well. Just reaffirming that God still does amazing things in us, through us, around us. It'd be wonderful if you're happy. Uh, wonderful if you'd be happy to pray for the listeners right now.
1: Absolutely, thank you, uh, God.
0: I, I just want to come to you and uh, and
1: lift up the people who this podcast, this this uh, recording may hit their ears. And uh, I think when we uh, go through tough times, uh, like we've all gone through, and, and some of us are still going through right now all across the world, sometimes we lose sight of you. And I just pray that, that you would show up in tangible ways when, when we have those questions, God, of, of if you're there and if you see us and if you care. God, just let us know that you do. God, just let us know that you see us, that you know us, that you feel us. God I just pray that uh that you would show us that um your love is not done with us yet that you're not done pursuing us yet. And God if uh if we're one of the gosh so many in the world that our world has just been turned upside down in the last year and a half and and we're still trying to figure it out and we're still trying to find answers. God I just pray for comfort. And uh and not that um not expecting you to just come in and sweep in and, and fix everything now, but, but God, just that we would know that you're with us. And sometimes that's all we can ask, and, and sometimes that's enough. And God, we just thank you for for your faithfulness and just pray it over these moments now. It's in your name, amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Chris. It's great the way that Jesus is always with us, whether things are hard or easy Um, and if you're in the uk and you're thinking right now I don't know this Jesus that Chris and Gordon are talking about. Just wanna encourage you to get along to a church. The churches are open and they want to welcome people to help them find out more of God's amazing love. Do pop along to www.findachurch.co.uk. There's 45,000 churches listed there that would love to welcome you. If you're listening on one of our partner stations around the world, do just contact the studio for that station, Uh, they'll be able to help you find and connect uh, into more of God's love. So Chris, thanks for all that you've shared so far. I've got to say I love your music. I've spent, you know, I I've spent more time listening to you specifically um over the last week than than ever before because I wanted just to keep your music on repeat and and really get to know a little bit about it. It's you know it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. I, it makes me happy your music. So um so if if listeners at home are going, well those tracks are nice. Go and have a look. go on go on whatever platform you know normally get your music from other than Hope Fm, of course, and and check out Stars Go Dim because there is a plethora of great tracks from them. So I'd like to ask really about what your plan is now. what's what's happening? you talked about all these tracks that you've put together uh, during the pandemic have we got a record insight yes or an album as we would say in the uk a whole album
1: yeah and it feels like an album too you know in the past i've released a bunch of what seems like just singles you know um over the last handful of years and so this feels like a whole work to be like consumed together you know which i'm really excited about i feel like i've got some of the best music that i've ever made and if you've followed me for for long then um that's like a long time so Uh, i'm really really excited about it um what i try to do is just present like real life and some of my real life and truth that i've come to find or at least that have been true for me and and put it in a song that that can make you feel something and um and some of that is really you know poppy and fun and and some of it gets uh you know a little more epic and, and that kind of thing but i just i just love what music can do and how universal it is so we've got a brand new record the title is grace in the wilderness it's going to release uh you know somewhere in the top of uh 2022 um but yes he does is the first release off of that we've got a whole christmas project that we're releasing uh like, honestly, way too soon. I don't know why the label is
0: <laughs> releasing it as early as they are. But I think... I, I've, I've noticed it, it, there are lots of artists. So here we are. I, it is. We're, we're recording this at the very, very end of September yeah. 2021. But I've noticed a number of artists are already out there with their Christmas tracks. Oh. So I'm going,
1: oh, man. And I think it has to do with DSPs and, like, um, you know, streaming sites needing time to get those on the right playlist and that kind of thing. But I'm pretty sure my first Christmas song releases like mid-October. So if you, uh, pre Halloween, do you guys do Halloween over there? You
0: know what? I've got to say, we know what Halloween is. And there is probably a division within the church because generally speaking, the church in the UK would rather do a praise party or a bright lights party or an alternative. I know it's a big cultural thing in the States. Um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly what you mean.
1: Uh, There's a little bit of a divide there. They'll do like, um, um they'll do something like churches will do trunk or treats things but in here like kids dress up and they walk around they get candy from people you know at their houses which seems really strange when you say it out loud (laughs) but uh but it's fun but if you're you know you're pre let's just call it thanksgiving here i don't know if you guys have a thanksgiving either but uh but we do which is like the end of um last week of of uh november Usually. And that's usually for me, like when you throw up the Christmas tree and you're ready for Christmas stuff. But we're like skipping two main holidays in the U.S. now. and We're just throwing up Christmas music mid-October. And maybe it's because of the pandemic. People just want to have Christmas for four months. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, you're going to get a Christmas project from us and then we start dropping uh, the new music at the top of the year. And uh, the new project has 13 songs on it, so you're going to get a whole bunch of music from me really quickly, and still writing and still doing all that kind of stuff. And so, I'm really excited. Write write a lot of songs for other people, um, and artists that um, have been coming out and will be coming out. And so, um, I continue to do that kind of stuff as well. So it's really fun for me.
0: That that does sound quite fun. I'm certainly looking forward to to the album. That that sounds brittle. Which other artists do you write for, then?
1: Oh, I've had um, a few songs come out recently um, in the worship space. So I um, had a song that was recorded by Bethel Music, which is a big worship um, uh, group here. Um, I had some songs recorded by Maverick City, which is kind of a this new worship collective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here I'm actually in two hours going to write with them again uh, here in town. So... Um, uh, I just had a song come out with um, a guy named Mike Donaghy, yeah. who is the lead singer for 10th Avenue North. He just released an awesome project and maybe one of my favorite songs I've ever been a part of. So he's just doing solo stuff now, isn't he? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's great. It's so good. Um, I've had some songs from like even like Southern Gospel people, like uh, Jason Crabb, his last song, Just As I Am, I wrote um songs from Avalon the you know
0: the a gospel yeah. singing group and um so kind of all over the board wow that that is something you see that i don't think I realise because when when an artist is performing a song, you listen to the song, and it's very easy just to assume it's their song. But I do know that a lot of people are busy writing songs for everybody. But uh, that's a a great list of people to be doing stuff so for Bethel Music. I've uh, produced some amazing um, tracks. So and Maverick oh, yeah. City, I've got to say, wow, they're making waves. So that's um well,
1: yeah, they're probably the biggest artist at this point in our genre. Like that, you know, so quickly.
0: It's fantastic. Okay, so. Let me ask about your kids, though, because you talked about you at five um, deciding to, to become a Christian, praying praying that prayer. But you said, but what do kids know? Yeah. So this this is my question. So one of your children is five. Uh, Jesus very much says, let the little children come to me, and we should have faith-like children, yeah. so childlike faith. So where where are your kids at on all this stuff? I think my wife and I were just talking about this the other day because
1: it's so interesting. Um She came to faith. She didn't grow up in a Christian home and she came to faith really more naturally on her own over time. And so she didn't get a lot of the stuff that I got. And so she was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to teach my kids this stuff. And I'm, and I came from this place where I was like, well, I don't know that I want to teach my kids the same thing I got taught. And so, so what I find myself doing is like, dad, tell me about, um, you know Noah's Ark and I'm like well uh and I go into like this really deep theologically like you know based thing it's like well uh history tells us that there was a flood like we we can find you know I'm going into like all this stuff and uh and they're just like well oh, dad we're the- tell me the point of the story you know and I'm I'm, <laughs> trying to, I'm trying to you know give them something that would make me feel like I'm not lying to them you know and so for us i think one of my my nieces um you know they call it when here i don't know if they have the same verbiage because a lot of this is like 1950s uh billy graham type language like people getting saved and and like the sinner's prayer and that kind of thing so i don't know if that's a cultural thing just here in the u.s or if
0: that's a thing B- too. B- billy has done many many missions in in the uk over the years or at least i think two very big ones that yeah. i was aware of so we have um, there's this thing like i grew up like you say this prayer the the, the sin the sinner's prayer yeah. Right, which is
1: basically be something like God, I've I've sinned, and but I believe in you and forgive me my sins and that kind of thing, and then all of a sudden you're magically a Christian. That's kind of what I was in in a real nutshell. What I was given and and something that I kind of push back on a little bit now um, for for different reasons is probably a bigger podcast than this. Um, and my niece called me and she was so excited because. She had asked Jesus into her heart, and and that's how she she said it to me, and and I found myself, and I kind of s- said a joke, and and uh, and I said, "Well, did he fit? You know?" And um, and just kind of joking with her. My wife came, and she had the perfect response. And I thought, "Oh my God, I this is exactly how I want to raise my kids, and and exactly why I married you because you see this so much better than I do." And she, she looked at my niece and she said, I've seen Jesus in you since the second you were born. Oh, I am so glad that you see him in you now too.
0: That is a lovely thing to say, isn't it? That's it. That's what I want my kids to know. Do, do you know that Do you know that track by Stephen Curtis Chapman, "Fingerprints of God"? I don't remember it. I have to look at. Oh, you're going to have to look it up after this. Uh-huh. It's a It's a great track. So it's only it talks about that sort of thing about the fact that you can see God's fingerprints yeah. all over people's lives. And um, but what a beautiful response by your wife.
1: Well, I know, and I was just like, man, I'm glad I married you because, you know, in in all of my jadedness and where I feel like I've been, I, I have a tendency to run from some of these things that i was given she was able to articulate that and how i felt about it like really really well and so for our kids um, i think that's what we're trying to do we're trying to um, show them god in them and in others and um and try to teach them to be people that that bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and you know that's really what what my life has kind of come to is like can we join um christ in every moment with everyone in every way and make what we do here matter because i honestly believe that's the jesus way um i don't think it's about saying some prayer so we go to heaven when we die Uh, i think there's a lot more to it than that um that requires us to see christ in ourselves first and uh, so then we can see them everywhere else uh, as well, and and invite them into everything else. So uh, for my kids, that's kind of the journey that we're on, and it looks different than it looked when when I was a kid. Um, it's it's much more open-handed, but. Um, I'm hoping
0: <laughs> that, that it's a good angle we'll
1: find out I guess.
0: yeah we will. you can come back on the show in 10 years time and let us know how they are, how they're doing as teenagers. That'll be oh, an interesting I'll comparison.
1: I'll see how it goes you know? yeah yeah
0: so obviously touring the world, being on the road all the time, not everything always goes smoothly and I, I do like to find out if you've maybe got a story of a time when things didn't go as you hoped.
1: Oh, they never go as we hope you know, uh, ever. I don't know that in 26 years of traveling, there's been one instance where it's gone. Like I thought it was going to go. So, I mean, even right now we're kind of in the midst of this where we've been out of work for, you know, a year and a half. I didn't take a paycheck for a year and a half. God provided in crazy ways, which is, you know, unreal. And we worked like crazy for like June, July, August, and now doing a fall tour and it's, uh, It's just a lot of work. Half of them have canceled. Um, You know, it's last weekend I was trying to put this tour together. My bus driver calls the day before and his uh, wife had come down with COVID. And then production guys like don't show up. And, you know, and at the end of the day, I'm sitting there like, well, you know what? I could either um get upset about this and let this ruin my day and let and or cancel these like couple of shows uh which honestly i'd really like to do in my mind because it's going to be so much work or i can be grateful and i can uh step into this and and change my perspective and thank god for the ability that you know what i I travel around sing songs for a living and uh and so we went out and it was hard and i didn't feel good And all of the things, but um, it was so, I was just so thankful to still be able to do it. And I think life on the road for most of us um, is like that. I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who's on the road a lot, uh, Ryan Stevenson. He started doing his tour last weekend and and he was like, he was telling me the same stories and it's just, and sometimes we get in our heads about this. Oh God, I'm the only one. Uh, Like, why is this happening to me? So-and-so we're comparing. Oh, so and so doesn't have to do this. They've got a better road. They got an easier road. And sometimes it's nice to, uh, like for me and him, maybe we're just commiserating together, but we're like, oh, we're not alone in this. And I think, it, like in life for us together, when we get in those moments, we put our blinders on and we're like, oh, it's only me. I'm alone in this. I'm the only one dealing with this. And And if we can, you know, take a step back widen our perspective, we can see that there's a lot of people uh feeling the same way we do. And there's a, a place for us to connect in that. And uh if you want me to get theological on it, I really feel like the gospel message is one of community. And it happens uh I believe like the kingdom um you know really comes alive when we're in community with each other. And so when we can when we can do that and we can connect in those ways um i think we become our most healthy selves so even in the midst of craziness even in the midst of breakdowns and and sickness and uh things that go wrong um that community um helps us uh keep our perspective and um and see the good talking to
0: some of the best names in contemporary christian music this is the hope fm artist interview What's the best way for people to connect with you if they want to find out more about you and follow you, etc.? Where, where are you hanging out online? Yeah, the best
1: place you can find me is on Instagram or Facebook. I'm on both of those um, daily at Just Stars Go Dim. Um, and uh, so, if you want to shoot me a message, or if you heard the song, or something like that, and and or just want to keep up with whatever's going on, Just Stars Go Dim at both of them, you'll be able to find me and. Uh, and I'll be the one responding to messages and all that kind of stuff. If you, if you want to chat or, or
0: say, Hey, or whatever. Sweet. That sounds great. And is there a website address as well? Is that stars? stars Dot dim? com. Easy, easy peasy. I suppose I I, you know, I, I don't like this question very much, but I'm going to ask it because I'm slightly intrigued. The name stars go dim. Is that a name you came up with? And why?
1: Yeah. A lot of people, that's like the question everybody asks. I know
0: so. that's why I didn't want to ask it, but I, I'm actually slightly intrigued.
1: Um, I could lie to you and give you a really great answer or I could just tell you the truth, which I will, which is like when we started as a mainstream band, like the dude just made it up and it has no meaning. Um, But when I started doing Christian music, like everybody would ask me all the time, what does this mean? And I'm like, man, I got to come up with this Jesus answer for this. You know, so I'm scouring the Bible, like trying to find some like retroactive truth here for this name. And there was and I can't remember it now. So you can fact check me. There's something in Matthew that talked about um, like God's promises um, outlasting the stars, like uh, they'll last longer than even when the stars will go dim or something and, and his promises will kind of endure type of thing. And I can't remember. That's my paraphrase.
0: Yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was like, ooh, that could work. Yes. That's pretty good. Let's go with that. I, I I was convinced. We I, if if we edit it so we only say the second bit. Nobody <laughs> know that it's actually totally meaningless. Yeah, 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 right. But it's still quite cool that even though it was meaningless at the time, there is actually a meaning that you could, if you want to, make. You
1: know, uh, maybe we can, we can go full circle because there's plenty of things in life that we feel like are meaningless or, or didn't mean anything in the moment. That when we look back on them, uh, might have like eternal impact. Um, so there's, there's plenty of those things that we can.
0: I yeah, I am. I am surprised sometimes in my journey where I go. I've got no idea at all why this is all happening, and then afterwards you go, man, it wasn't necessarily comfortable, but actually I can see actually the benefits and some of the good that God's brought through it all. Yeah. Um, so we got we got one more track, yes, to play from you, uh, and it's a, it's an older track. It's called "You Are Loved." Yeah. Tell us about "You Are Loved." This is a song that honestly has
1: kind of defined my life. And uh, it's, it's the platform that I travel around. It's the only reason why I do this anymore, to be honest. Uh, and, and that's to go around the world and let people know that their life has value, uh, that it has worth, that it's worth living, that no matter who they are, no matter where they are, no matter what they've done or what they're in, that God sees them. He knows them. And just as they are, he loves them. And uh, so that's that's what I'm all about. That's what I sing about, and uh, that's what I continue to spread everywhere I go. You-
0: You are loved by Stars Go Dim. And I'm so grateful to Chris Cleveland for spending time with us today here on The Artist Interview, a podcast from Hope FM. And I hope you, dear listener, have really enjoyed that and been blessed by it. And there are many other amazing interviews from fantastic artists available on your favorite podcast platform. Just search up The Artist Interview. Please like it, share it with your friends. And be blessed. Get more interviews now. Visit hopefm.com forward slash the artist interview.